this episode of Glory Days of Gold is dedicated to the memory of Ross McLean. You'll probably recognise the name McLean as his brother Matthew and his dad Kenny are synonymous with Wee's Fife and, and Ross in his younger days was a, a big East Fife fan too and sadly lost his life uh, last week. And our thoughts go out to, to Matthew Kenny um, and his partner and his children. Ross's first game would have been at the Old Bayview in 1994 versus Dumbarton, where Matthew and Ross themselves were, were the mascots in the, the promotion season the following year. His oldest son, Liam, was a mascot in the title-winning year under Naismith. He's a very creative guy who wrote some and performed some great music, some of which is on his YouTube channel, which we'll play later on today. It almost goes without saying, but Matthew and his family will miss him so much. And all the glory days of gold want to send our condolences to, to Matthew and his family. So rest in peace, Ross. Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and he had have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And we're back chatting about another East Fife win. Three wins out of four to start the season off. We've got a lot to talk about. It's the first time yesterday that the four of us got together since we started doing the podcast. So that was a, a nice little touch. We'll cover all of that. We'll talk about our experience at East Fife Hospitality, have a little look around Scottish Lower League football as well, and a lot more besides. But before we get into any of that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thank you for the support and support them in return. They've been big supporters of Glory Days of Gold and we'd appreciate it if you need anything for your, your mortgage needs, get in touch with Maze Mortgages. If you want to go out and experience some fun football, East Five Community Football Club for people of all ages. 
And I just learned yesterday when we were doing the hospitality that Doug, over 35 team, I did not know that you were playing for one of them. Well, I mean, I've not actually played for a while due to being um, working all the time and bad knees, etc. But yeah, they're not um, technically affiliated to East Fife. Um, but certainly, it's, yeah, very good fun. Good bunch of boys and nice to play a bit, a bit of old man football now and again. Yeah, and talking of old men, I think if anyone saw the, the photo that went out from us at Hospitality yesterday... Hair was at a premium in that photo. Gordon, you look just luscious with your hair in those photos compared to the other three of us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose I've, my hair's not been described as luscious for a while, but I suppose it's, it's all relative. So, Sadly, it is, especially if you're from Cowden Beath, I've heard. But it, it was a good day out. It was the, the first time that the four of us have seen each other in person. Obviously, you three have seen each other in person. But I'm over from Canada for a, a couple of weeks to sort some family stuff out. Got a chance to get to the game yesterday. We all did hospitality. And the first time I've done hospitality, probably maybe 16, 17 years at, at, at Bayview. And I think we all really enjoyed it. We'll get all your thoughts. We'll we'll talk it up and leave. What did, what did you make of it the whole day? It was a fun day. Can you remember much of the day? <laughs> I wondered if that was going to be brought up. Yeah, it was. It was good, wasn't it? Um, I, I thought it was really good fun. Um, obviously, great to see you guys get a get a drink with with Gordon for the first time in, in many years. Obviously, I had a few pints with Doug a few weeks back. Obviously, we had some some non podcast affiliated people almost as well. My dad, my mate Stephen, um, and Doug's mate Gibby as well. It was it was a really good laugh. At, like literally. Um, spent the majority of the day laughing. Obviously, capped off well. When we got to to meet the extremely handsome duo that was Aaron Steele and Alan Fleming, um, came and had a chat with us afterwards. It was just a good day all round. Um, Doug, I've got something to say to you though. Come on the far far. Come on the loons. Come on the far far. Do you know it's funny? Uh, well, just for our listeners, there's a I don't know how you describe him. A guy from Forfar who repeatedly shouts that following phrase. So I kept finishing his shout off by shouting, won the loons every time he shouted, which was uh, good. I also very much enjoyed basically getting called a fat bastard by Gary Harkins. I was going to be bringing that up, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I thought you would. So I took great pleasure in giving him a bit of abuse back when we scored that winner. That was good fun. Yeah, you said something along the lines of, here's a fucking chocolate eclair for you, you useless, bald bastard. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you are paraphrasing. Mum, he's paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's mention that moment now, because that was one of my highlights of the day, outside of Troughton's uh, goal, and getting to speak to Crawford after the game, which I actually really enjoyed as well. But we're sitting in the first half, Doug, for some reason, decides to shout, hey, Gary, you must go to the same barber as us, meaning Doug and Lee, and they've got the beard as well. And he turns around and goes, aye, but not the same bakers. <laughs> which, which, to be fair, was I think we all applauded him. It was very good. Oh, got a big round of applause. That was very yeah. well done. I, I no, love it when you've got the banter like that because it, it's too often that when you abuse a player in a nice way, but like when you shout something at a player and they shout something back, 
I've been at games where the fans are immediately like to the stewards, hey, 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 he's shouting at us, he can't do stuff like that. And it's like, oh, fuck off. It's like, it goes both ways. If you're dishing it out, take it back. Absolutely. But Gordon, what did, what did you make of hospitality? Oh, a really good time. A uh, really good laugh. Um, uh, just nice to kind of sit in the sit in the bar and have a few drinks. Uh, nice food for the game. Um, yeah, just re- really, really good, good setup they've got there. I, I don't know if you know that you hurt Lee's feelings. Did that? Yeah, because apparently you left and never said bye to him. Oh, did that? Oh I mean, well. To be fair, Gordon's got a better reputation for being an ignorant bastard because at Kenny, uh, at Kenny, Kevin Smith's game, I bought him a pint, and then he pissed off. Yeah, you have mentioned that. Just disappeared. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say the rest of the day. I was going to say that's like the third time you've told that on this podcast. Let I mean, it go. Imagine you're better. Well, <laughs> I, I stayed one behind the bar to buy his drinks all day yesterday. And he still doesn't say goodbye to me. What's that about? Well, see, I was I was all looking forward to coming in uh, and and making up for that horrendous um, uh, sort of piece of ignorance at the game. But then I came in. and He was like, "Oh, it's uh, we've got a tab, so we couldn't do it." That's it, Gordon. Don't worry. What we'll do is the next time we do hospitality, just you pay for me, and we'll call it quits, right? Deal. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm taking the, the tab still works for Tuesday if we go on Tuesday. That's no, right. no, no, the tab's finished now. <laughs> it's definitely finished now. The only person that's getting three pints from me for the foreseeable is the extremely legendary, handsome man that's Doug Perry after he gave me all those kits yesterday. So um, he's, he's got a good few pints on uh, on the old Gillis household. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, Doug, what, what did you think of the hospitality, like the food aspect? It, for anyone that doesn't know, it's changed this season. It's a buffet. There was a choice of three sort of main meals, some side dishes and stuff as well. The food was excellent. They had chicken curry yesterday, roast pork, veggie noodles. There was rice poppadoms. It was all delicious. Yeah, yeah I mean, can't fault it at all, to be honest with you. Um, I, I do, I'd probably do one hospitality at least every year for the last God knows how long with various different groups and stuff. And I certainly wouldn't say I've had a much tastier sort of meal at hospitality before. I mean, like some people are going to like the fact that it's a buffet and some people aren't. Um, you can't please everyone, I guess. But in terms of quality of food, I, I, was, I thought it was very nice. Really, really good. That chicken curry, by the way, was like a 10 out of 10 curry. Wow. You were raving about it. It was, it was so good. It was genuinely so good. Um, I've had worse curries out of a Chinese. Well, Seriously. I don't, uh, I, I don't know if you noticed, but um, you and Mass had put on Twitter that they were. I think they were selling it at the Pie Hut. Oh, because he had a um, like polystyrene tray thing with uh, chicken curry as well. So I don't oh, yeah. know if that was. I'm assuming it was from that. Maybe not. That's pretty darn good. So, Lee, just to, to finish this bit up, if you're going to pitch hospitality to people listening to this and to get them to come along, do a little spiel for us. If you like good grub and um, want to buy me and Doug and Gordon some on a regular basis, then get along to the hospitality review. No, all joking aside, I mean, I, we were really, really well looked after yesterday. 
the food was really, really good, really good. And I'm not just saying that if it was shite, as I, I would tell you it was shite. The beer was shite. Um, I would advise you to buy bottles. Do not buy the draft because it is dreadful. Um, but everything else, the service, were made to feel really, really welcome. Doing the Man Match Award as well, which was great. Obviously, getting to interact with some of the players after the game, which was good fun. And Alan Fleming and uh, Alan Steele took great pleasure in taking the piss out of us. Alan Steele then dropped his award that we gave him. Um, if it had been Fleming, I'd have been slightly more concerned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it was honest. It was a good day all round, and I'll guarantee you, you'll see the glory days boys at the um, the hospitality at least a couple more times this season, no doubt. Yeah, if any, if anyone is on the fence about doing it, highly recommend it. Get yourself along, support the club. It's a great day out, and the food is top notch as well. I was disappointed. I've got to say that there wasn't that many people at it yesterday. And I, I know money's tight for a lot of people just now. I was also stunned, though, by how few people came upstairs after the game. Because I've not been back much over the years, but whenever I've been back, it's been packed. There's always been folk there checking the scores, everything like that. It was like you would have been able to get a seat yesterday, which is yeah. never something that you'd have been able to do before. Yeah, I remember being a wee boy or even into my teens and my dad and I would always be like, we'll go up the stairs and have a beer after the game. But I think that that's where the the shift changes because you can't have a beer now and drive home. So literally, you don't get that. I think that that's where like the, the club would be better maybe in speaking to some of the players and be like, come up and mix with the fans, maybe after a win, maybe not so much after a loss, uh, but come up and mix with the fans. I think there's still a lot to be done in terms of trying to bring that feel-good factor back, mm-hmm. like that relationship between the, the team slash club and the fans, which has quite rightly been kind of burned um, a little bit, obviously, with the £18 a ticket sort of um, conversation. How much is it? £18. Have you seen the East 5 versus 4 for Twitter? No, it's £18. I think it's the East 5 versus <laughs> the other thing to remember is that if you're a season ticket holder, you get the hospitality for 35 quid, which, um, you know, if you are a season ticket holder, I feel like the meal and the, the day, the ambiance was, was worth it, for sure. One thing I'll say about the 18 quid is, I don't know, did any of you see a picture I was doing the rounds on Twitter today of the Falkirk fans view Edinburgh City or FC Edinburgh as they are now? Absolutely fucking horrendous. It's 18 quid to get in there. You're basically, you've got a running track between you and the back of the goal. Go into a view from the terrace Twitter. It's it's on that. But, uh, you're just standing like, behind a fence. Eh? There's no like, elevation. You're fence, miles, miles from behind the goal. And it's a struggle in the picture to see the other goal in the far side of the pitch. And they were charging 18 quid for that. No, I think we, we're getting a lot of stick for 18 quid, but I think Edinburgh, I'm not going to call them whatever they're called, Edinburgh City, deserve far more stick. So at least when you come to Bayview, you can think what you like about the ground, but you get a great view of the game. It's a proper, there's proper facilities, but uh, there, the away fans are just stuck miles behind the goal. And apparently there was like, when Dufferman went there, there was like two portaloos or something, no running water. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Apparently well, you can stand at the side as well, but you're behind the temporary dugouts and you can't actually see very well. I've also heard that they haven't sold a single season ticket this year. 
in the city. No, that can't Seriously. be right. Apparently, there's some sort of protest with the fans. No season tickets in the box because the name change and stuff like that. I don't uh, think they're very happy with that. No. I, from what I read, though, that was forced upon them though because they didn't own the rights to or apparently as well someone was saying i oh, just I seen it on pine ball field they were saying that they they weren't actually forced to they just did it sort of preemptively they did it to avoid a future problem but because it's it's the name of the social club but apparently Aye. the social club didn't force them to change they just somebody just says oh well they might do in the future so we'll just change it um ridiculous nuts anyway we're not here to talk about them we're here to talk about the mighty black and gold you made it three wins out of four to start the season. I was going to say a fantastic 1-0 win over Forfar. I mean, it was a fantastic result. You might say, Doug, that it was snatch and grab at the end. A draw would have been the, a fairer result. Oh, look, I, I think probably a draw might have been right. But I don't think it was a snatch and grab. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's the sort of game... My first thoughts as soon as it finished and we're upstairs was saying to you guys, 100% last year or possibly the year before we'd have lost that game, you know. So I think that's that says a lot about... Which, you know, I, I did ask Craw afterwards about that and he said, it's all about getting a winning habit. I mean, you've got yeah. a winning habit, these results start to come. But he, he did also note that last year it's a much different level between the teams we were playing last year and the teams we're playing this year. But it is all about, if you've got that winning habit and you've got that confidence, you feel you can go on and do it. Like, I don't want to harp on again about the Whitecaps as always doing this show, but yesterday they earned another point with an 88th minute equaliser. And they've scored something like 14 goals in the last five minutes in stoppage time of games this year. It's like insane. But you've got that belief that we can do this right to the very end. Yeah, as I say, I don't think it was, uh, uh, you know, it, similar to, I guess, Albion Rovers in terms of, you know, a wee bit fortunate maybe to win, but hey, you still got to, you still got there and earn the right to do it. And thankfully, we did. You got to fight for your right to party, Doug. Don't you just? Don't you, you fight just. for your right to be at the promotion party. So, Oreo Boy, what did you make of the game? For those of you that don't understand what Michael's talking about right now, my good friend from Canada brought me my favourite Oreos in the world, which are the birthday cake ones, and I just inhaled one right now. It was excellent. Yeah, I think, look, like, it wasn't the most pretty performance, but, you know, under a Darren, under Darren Young, we'd have lost last week and this week, and I believe I read somewhere our first back-to-back wins since April 2021. So, you know, it's, it, was, it was a good feeling. Nine points out of 12 so far. Um, Stonewall penalty. Um, at the time, I didn't think it was, but having watched the highlights, like literally like the stoniest of Stonewalls. Um, I thought, I mean, in, in, in the grander play, we probably edged it, but like I don't think anybody would have complained at a draw. Um, I still worry about our creativity or lack of creativity and my esteemed colleague Mr McCall um, said that to, to Crawford yesterday we just need somebody of like a prime Scott Agnew in this team um, would make a massive difference just somebody to put their foot in the ball get get the ball 
um, into the feet of like Scott Shepard and Ryan Shivoni because I think that at, at times we're, we're very reliant on let's just hoof it up for a flick on and hope that somebody's going to go around the back. I would like to see us get a wee bit more ball to feet. I think that our game plan for this season, um, for those of you that never watched Jimmy Grimble, um, which was a great film, um, it was give it to bloody Gordon, just give it to, to Joe Baldi get the boy, uh, ball to that boy's feet because if we're going to create anything this season, the majority is going to be through him, I reckon. I, I, that was the first of me, obviously, seen a lot of these guys in person, but Baldy in particular, and right away, you see that there's class there. I went home and I was telling my dad about him and I said, this is a young lad that he looks like he's got a bright future ahead of him. Now, there's a lot of young lads that's been in a position like that and it's whether they then do go and push on, but he's got the skills and what I really like about him is he's got a bit of an edge to him as well. There's a couple of challenges he was going in and his arms were like up to shield the guy off. And I thought that was that was good. But for for a team, like we had Shavoni and Baldy that were causing so much damage on the wings in the first half. And then they came so deep inside in the second half. But Crawford said afterwards it was partly because of the wind, partly as well that they were kind of having to call come back and defend, but I feel we're going to get a lot more success, Gordon, if we use those wings a lot more. Yeah, it's, it's weird, because I was just thinking today, we've played, I reckon the last three games, we've played three different formations, so I think yesterday we were, you know, it was kind of that 4-3-3 or 4-5-1 if, if well, there was a spot in the second half. I had no idea what the fuck they were playing. Yeah, so I mean, it was obviously we had Shepard back, so he was playing through the middle, and then you had Baldi, Shivoni out wide, which I thought I was like, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that kind of shape is good for us when we've got the players available. Um, I actually thought it was Baldi's probably potentially quietest game for us. I thought he was. Uh, excellent last week. Uh, so it was very good, and you can see his class. And I think you know you, you go online and Portsmouth fans are mentioning it. But I actually thought he was a wee bit quieter. Um, you know, maybe maybe being a bit more central suits him a little bit. I mean, from what he said, he he said he you know he plays anywhere. Um, so I'm not quite sure what his best position is is yet. But um, but yeah, I think if if we're going to have width, it's it's that kind of three up front. I think we don't have kind of, I guess, traditional wingers. So it's that kind of four, three, three. But I think I think that suits us because I think we've got players to play the three in the middle. When everyone's available, you've got, you've got uh, players to play the three up front. So, yeah, I quite like it. I mean, the first half, it, there wasn't a lot to write home about from either team, but Fleming came up with a, a big save early on from a, a free kick that was kind of curling towards the... His near post, Aaron Steele had a header that went over. That was that was pretty much it. And then the second half, both teams huffed and puffed, but a lot of it just seemed to break down a lot in the final third. And it just felt that neither team just had the guy that was going to take those chances. We had a lot of opportunities where we were like, trying to create space at the edge of the box and we just weren't getting it. I think that we've definitely got the players that, in terms of our front three, will cause defenders trouble. But I think that, again, it's just getting them into the positions that they will cause that trouble. I thought the boy, the, the, uh, Taylor Stephen, when he came in the second half and, and played a wee bit outright, 
um, actually made a little bit of a difference. Like, so that was a good sub from Shepard. Um, but the biggest change was Troughton coming on. And because he was, uh, as Doug would like me to say, coming a little deeper um, to, to get the ball and putting his foot on it and then driving us on, I feel like that was you know, a, a big difference as well. Feed the trout and, and he will score. I, I was actually quite impressed with uh, the boy, Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, when he came on. I thought he made a big difference. He looks he looks a, a good wee player. I um, It's interesting when you talk about like a three up front and you think of Shepard and Troughton because you'd think Troughton's position is just probably just behind behind the striker. So you wonder where, if you then got Shepard up top, then you've not really got width in that. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they how Crawford fits them in, actually. I think that Crawford is liking this diamond midfield, so sort of like a 4-1-2-1-2. So playing four at the back, probably a Miller in front of him, you're probably going to then find that you're, he's going to want like a Newton and maybe, I don't know, a Baldi or something there. And then maybe... Yes, Shivoni in behind a, a front to a Shepherd and Trevin. I think there's a lot of different things you can do. I think you know he seems to be switching about the formation, and I think partly that is maybe who's who's available, who's not. But I think it's handy when you can do that. I think we can we can play that kind of diamond. We can play four three three. You know, there's there's enough versatility there, which I think is quite handy. I mean, if we had a better midfield, like a four-two-three-one would be nice. But we don't have those two guys. I think that would. I don't think we've got those players just now that could do both the offensive and the defensive shift that that is needed. If you went for a four-two-three-one, you mean the attacking and the defending? I know. As soon as I said offensive, I thought I'm going to get roasted for that. <laughs> um, no, I, I kind of agree, um, but. Even guys like uh, Sir Alex, I thought, played actually really well yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, we were definitely missing that one, like Lee said at the top, that one Agnew kind of player would make would make such a difference. Because I think, I think you know, obviously the Bonnerig game we, we touched on, we just got absolutely bullied. But I don't know, I don't think we're, uh, I mean, look, obviously we're second in the league, so it's a good start, but I don't think we're a million miles away from having a pretty decent team. I think the big thing is, like the last two games, you could say, particularly the Albion Rovers game, you could say we've been lucky. Um, And we were a bit lucky there. But the last two games, we picked up six points. You know, it doesn't feel like we've been kind of firing on all cylinders. But I mean, the key to that is two clean sheets. You keep a clean sheet and your chances of winning the game are massive. You know, you you just need one chance. I think that's a big difference. You know, okay, it's a, it's the first time we've won two games back to back in about a year and a half. But when's the last time we kept two clean sheets in a row? I mean, mm. very rarely kept. And I know it's a, it's a lower level, but just that that kind of thing. If you can keep it tight, if you can if you can limit their chances and clean sheet or just concede one, chances are you'll take someone for the game. And I think that's, I mean, that's probably something we've talked about a lot over the past year. That you know, when you're conceding two or three. You're giving yourself a massive job to even get a point. So, you know, you don't need to be fantastic and you don't need to be creating huge numbers of chances if you limit 
the number of goals you're conceding. And I think that's, you know, for me, that's that's what I want to see. You know, I think you've always got a chance of picking up points if you're solid at the back. I think if Crawford's looking to add players, which he still says he is, but it's not that the money's not there, it's tempting the players to come. He, there's players he's looked at that if they were coming up from, say, England or whatever, they would need accommodation. So there's all those kind of issues in it as well. So it's, he's reaching out to players, he's targeting players. I think ideally he's looking for maybe, say, a number eight, a veteran presence in a very young team. And adding a new centre-back as well, not that there's anything wrong, like Steele and Denham, I thought, were very good yesterday. And yeah. for two young boys together, and Steele talked about this afterwards as well, he feels that they're starting to build up a really good chemistry and a really good understanding. And I I like Denham. I, I really liked what I saw of him. I don't know if it was the tan that, that, made, that won me over. He reminds me of John Ovenston, I was saying to you guys yesterday, from way back in the day, because he always had a tan. I think the two of them are linking up well. You add in another centre-back also maybe gives you the option to go three at the back because I do feel our full-backs are a bit of a concern. Yeah, I don't think that Mercer or Murdoch are having a particularly good season, although um, both actually had probably their best games of the season yesterday. Well, I know uh, Doug wanted to give Mercer the man of the match. Yeah, um, to be honest, I had to wrestle it off him to give it to Steely, to be honest. Um, well, you know, um, we'll, we'll just wait till 3 2 ones, you know. But yeah, I mean, we definitely need, we definitely need a left back. From the outside looking in, it looks like either Crawford shoehorning one of our right sided players to the left hand side to add experience to the team. Or he doesn't trust Williamson, so there's there's one of those. But I think there's one thing that our team really lacks, and it's competition for places. Our bench is still very very young, so I think that we probably could do with two or three more experienced players to add that. Hopefully, Rabin Omar comes in in the the coming weeks, um, and he could just add that in you know bit of experience, bit more competition for place. Um, I still think we need we need a big ugly bruiser centre half. And somebody that could give us a bit of an attacking prowess from a set piece. Because we had mm. corner after corner after corner yesterday and we didn't really threaten anything from it because you'll find that these League Two teams have all got monsters at the back. Um, I think that the real tell for us this season will be us playing Dumbarton. Because I wonder what the likes of McGeever and Buchanan at set pieces are going to do to us. Because who the fuck marks them in our team? Fuck Devano, um, to be honest. Yeah, and I, like, I know it's really early, but Dumbarton look like they're going to be the class of the league and it's they're going to be the team to beat, I think. Although it doesn't matter anyway because there was a harbinger of the apocalypse yesterday because Ryan Blair scored a goal. So I don't think we'll see the end of the season. It's going to start raining locusts any minute now um, and four horsemen um, are going to come and take over. Has that been officially given to his goal? Because it still said an OG on my... So I, I, I saw that <laughs> You mentioned one. that a lot yesterday. He took he took a corner. Um, a Steny defender and the keeper both went for it. And I don't know whether the defender got a touch and knocked it past the keeper or both of them just missed it, but it just went in. Um, so. I mean, I think I think going oh, back yeah. to the... Going back to the corners, I just... 
I just think our delivery is not great. Mm. Like we're not. I don't know. None, none of the set pieces are overly whipped in. It's more just sort of chipped into the heart and a bit more hopeful. But 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 that's been the case for years, isn't it? I mean, Christ, we had Ryan Blair on free kicks and stuff oh, last year. He was awful. But I just I don't know. We just don't look like. Even like consistent depth of corners, or it just it's never. I don't know. We just don't look overly threatening from set pieces. Put you well, there's a couple of big kicks yesterday that I just thought they were just like lofted in, and the forward defenders just dealt with it with ease. Yeah, we, I mean, we spoke about this yesterday, but one that I'd be interested in hearing the, the fans' perspective of, like, we know that Mercer can and has it in his locker to to score from free kicks, but I wonder if it's time to maybe give somebody else. Um, a bit of a chance to stand over these and see if we can get a better delivery. Because I think that a lot of the times, you know, Doug's quite right and a lot of his free kicks are very safe. You know, they're, they're sort of placed rather than whipped with tenacity um, or a bit of oomph behind it. Va-va-voom, some might say. Um, there's not really any of that. So I think that I would quite like to see if there's anybody else in our team that are good at set pieces. Give them a shot, like, what really is it going to matter? Give them two games, three games, whatever, to see if it's, it's better than what Mercer has been producing. I, 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 I think that when you look at Mr Alex, I reckon he'll have a good dead ball on him. I wonder if Walls as well, because I know he was I know he was taking corners at um, Elgin. I know okay. he did, they, did, they did that week in a you know, training ground sort of thing, but I wonder if he's got a decent set-piece delivery on him. I wonder if, if we have these corner kick routines because we know we've no height I mean we were in the tunnel yesterday and I reckon there's maybe two or three players taller than me and I'm like six foot I, I feel quite large as well um, well height wise obviously compared to you guys I didn't feel large at all but no. <laughs> definitely not but I mean yeah but there's there's not much um, height in our team and that's been an issue for three years I'd say you were saying the bench is really young. When we were in the tunnel before the game and they were running out, I could not believe how young the players looked. It, it was like insane. It really looked like it was the end of twenties that were coming out. And talking of young, Alan Fleming, when he came up after the game, holy! I didn't know. I didn't recognise him because he looked so much younger than what I would have expected Alan Fleming to look like. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I called him the Messiah yesterday after his performance yesterday. Um, almost like Neil from The Matrix in some of his saves the previous week. But, I mean, he, he didn't have an awful lot to do yesterday. But what he did do, he did well. Um, oh, yeah. He had, he had the big save from the free kick in the first half. And then just to round up us talking of the game, 88th minute, Aitken had a, a shot that he did well uh, to save at his near post again. You would expect him to save that, though. I, you would, but... It was important that he didn't put it back into play for a rebound to get tucked home. True. And then it was from pretty much after that, we went up the field after their corner, got the penalty. And when I first saw it, you said I wasn't sure if it was in or outside of the box. But, I mean, the highlights, it is definitely a stone waller. But Baldy did well to win that as well. He knew the contact was coming and he puts himself in the way of it. That's intelligence, and it's and again, I think that's something that I think we've lacked, you know, in in previous seasons. 
just that little bit of, you want to know what, I'm going to take that and go for the penalty rather than being the nice guys. You know, I think it was, um, who was our assistant manager? Stevie Flail after the Banks of D game. We said, we've got a nice team and nice lads, but they're too nice. And it's about time we, we had a bit of bastardness about us. Um, and, you know, that, I mean, Balde had no right to, to really contest that ball, but he just nicked in front of it enough to expect the contact, stonewall penalty, um, but just that little bit of, I'm going to coin a phrase here, intelligent bastardness. Nice. TM. You're welcome to <laughs> We got the penalty, upsets Troughton, and Crawford mentioned afterwards that Mercer, his name had been written down as the penalty taker, but Troughton is the official club penalty taker, so because Troughton was on, it went to him, and he took it well, and you saw what it meant to him, you saw what it went in the celebrations, and something else Crawford mentioned after the game as well was how much he likes how Baldy celebrates goals and wins and he's really bought into what the club are kind of doing he's really enjoying being here but it was just a well taken penalty and a, a well-earned three points yeah i mean considering how long Troughton's been out for to come back and have the confidence to take that penalty is exactly what you're looking for in in terms of mentality it'd be very easy for him to have been a fish out of water but you, you but you watch how he um how he takes it though do you know what I mean? It's like there's a a supreme confidence about taking a penalty like that. You know, just to be able to sort of basically wait till the keeper moves and then just place it into the corner was very impressive. Yeah. Oh, yes. Get in. We had a great pun off yesterday. That was one of my highlights of the game. Definitely. Gordon, oh. are you going to give us a fish pun for the goal? Oh, that that um that dog's fish pun there it went right over my head. What's that one? But um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll see if I can add one in later. I'm feeling the pressure right now. Something that uh, Troughton obviously didn't, but uh, that's it. That's experience to him. You know, he's been around. He's not going to get phased taking a last minute penalty like that. That's what he's there for. You know. At least he didn't go for the panko. Oh, that's the worst out of three you get out. Yeah. Okay. Didn't think it would work. It didn't. Let's quickly move on. Let's get to our three, two, ones. Doug. Uh, three points I'm going to give to Aaron Steele. No I way. Thought men- I thought he was a mensch yesterday. He won every single header. Just a real towering strength at the back and what was a very good defensive display all round. Um. There's quite a few I felt I could have given two two and ones with, four, two, I don't know the word. Um, but two points I've gone for Liam Newton. Um, I wouldn't say he did anything spectacular, but just in terms of he was very busy getting involved a lot, broke up play a lot, drove for, forward with it really well. And I just don't remember him doing anything overly bad. I think he just seemed up for it, for one, which was good. Uh, my one point is going to Scott Mercer, um, who I've obviously been relatively critical about. Relatively, is that a nice way of putting it? Um, I, still think, I still think he can get a lot closer to 
wingers when they're trying to cross the ball in the box, which Murdoch did very well. But I just thought he, um, I, I, I did think he had a pretty good game yesterday and was deserving of my one point. Mm. Told you it was a harbinger of the apocalypse. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go to Gordon. Let's say if, if, if Cowden Beath managed to win a game, that's it. That's the three. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> then again, I'll, I forgot to check the lower league scores. I'll do that while you're doing your 3 2 1. Um, also gave three points to Anne Steele. Very good performance. Very, very calm. Uh, very assured. Uh, deserved man of the match. Two. Uh, yeah, I thought there was quite a few players in, in the kind of mix for the two and the ones. Um, a lot of players were you know, good game, but not not kind of necessarily completely stand out. But two points to Kieran Miller. Again, just solid in the middle of the park. Didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, and one point I've given to Sam Denham. I think he's, he's been looking quite solid in the games that he's played, and I thought he just looked quite solid again yesterday. Yeah. You'll be pleased to know, I was going to save it till the end of the show, but I've actually come up with a song for Sam Denham as well. Since since we've been at, trying to like add more more music to our show since it's been a while, and it's quite simple. Pink Panther theme tune. Denim, 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 denim. So feel like free. But yeah. why didn't we have that for Danny Denim? Ah, fuck it. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, you, have, you have to start it off by going Sam Denham Denham you've got to get Sam in there somehow we'll try but anyway but it's a work in progress when I'm absolutely canned in Stranraer next week I'll try and start that one and see if anyone wants to join me I still want to get the nickname the Blonde Adonis to catch on for him he is one bronzed handsome young man um, adding some some real handsomeness to a, a very rugged team, I would say. But anyway, um, that, that was why he didn't win the man of the match yesterday. We didn't want to be photographed beside him. No offense to Aaron Steele, but oh, that's a lot of offense. That's to Aaron a lot Steele. of offense. Yeah, <laughs> we should take that back. He's a, he was our player of the year last year as well. Remember, so should have been more organised with that and had that presented. To well, him. they said they don't listen to the podcast because they've got better things to do. So fuck him. Aye, true. Well, Aaron definitely listens because. I remember when we gave him um, the play of the year and we tweeted it, he responded, by the way, I'm actually six foot two or not, whatever we did. <laughs> then he was, I was like, mm, you listen. Uh, love you, Aaron. Anyway, um, two one for me has to be three points. I'm still, I thought he was great yesterday. Um, Kieran Miller's getting my two points. Just, you know, he should change his number to seven because he gives you an absolute minimum of seven out of ten every week. Thought he was really resolute. And one point, I've given to Joao Baldi for intelligent bastardness. Interesting. My, my three points, Aaron Steele, I, I gave two to Alan Fleming just because he had a couple of saves and I, I gave one to Sam Denham as well. But a much important, much needed and very important three points for East Fife yesterday, looking at the other results in Scottish League 2, it's sad because initially when I went in to get the table up, I typed in League One. I haven't quite come to terms that we're down into League Two yet. So Bonnie Rig lost to Albion Rovers. Has the bubble burst? Let's hope so. Yes. 
to be fair though, Albion Rovers had chances against us last week that could easily have put four or five in the board. I think everyone said that about Albion Rovers. Like they've come away from every game and everyone said, Oh, they played really well and they're quite unlucky to lose. So it's been coming for them. I don't think they'll continue that badly. Dumbarton beat Stenny 3-1. Dumbarton looking strong. Stenny, a really poor start to the season. Get on, you I was going to say, pleases Lee. Uh, you're, you're never going to get on view from the terrace now. To be honest, I don't think they would ever invite me anyway. And to be honest, I, I don't actually dislike Craig Telford. He just seems to have a little bee in his bonnet for his five. And if, when you listen to his... Um, his show with Sean McGuigan going through like every team they absolutely panned us and said that we were shite and we'd be finishing near the bottom of the table so it's more just a get it up you in the fact that you know we're doing a lot better than you I, I, I like a view from the terrace, I think it's a great show I think he does a great job but he does have a face that's very smug and you do want to give it a slap <laughs> yes I think the best person on that show is Craig Fowler. I think he's hilarious. I I like Joe Scare as well. He he yeah. actually came on the the Ryan Gold conference call when he was introduced in Vancouver. I was like, I know him. I see him on the telly. Oh, hi, Fred. <laughs> uh, elsewhere, Elgin City two, Stranraer two. Is that the furthest trip in Scottish league football? It must be, yeah. Anna and Elgin's bound to be a. It might be. It might. Well, I was thinking like it might be more. I don't know what's more miles, but the road ups it must be the longest trip. The mm. longest to drive from stadium to stadium. I would have thought. Anna and going most the coasts hellishly long at times. Mm. Elgin to no. Annan is four hours and forty-two minutes. Elgin to Stranraer. Is five hours twenty five minutes. Uh, that would be what's called in Fife a hood of a journey. I mean, fair play, fair play to these fans that go. I guess the kind of games like yesterday, where it's early in the season, there's no a lot riding on it. You know, you're talking yeah. over ten hours round trip. A draw, a draw, a draw away, Elgin. Yeah. I mean, well, at least there was goals. I mean, imagine that's yeah. a wee Nell Miller and it's crap. What was the attendance yesterday? That's what I was trying to find. What was our attendance yesterday? I couldn't find that. It's six, six, no, 500 something. I don't think you find out attendances very easily anymore. No, they do seem to make it quite difficult. There's, there's I fair fans that made that trip and then the Elgin fans, it's going to make the reverse. By the way, Elgin are a very well-supported home side. They are. They get good crowds consistently. They're, they're, they're a very good crowd when we were there. A lot, a lot of the Highland League teams are like that, though. Yeah, but we still pump them. Get it up, yeah, you sheep shagging bastards. The last result in League Two: Stirling beat Annan. We're just talking about two-one. Now the league table, it makes happiest reading. Dumbarton top on twelve, East Fife second on nine, Bonnie Reg third on seven, Stirling on seven, Stranraer on five, Forfar on four, Albion Rovers on three. Elgin on three, Annan on three, and Steny on three. It's funny. I was I was saying this yesterday, and obviously it's it's. I mean, league tables at this time are pointless unless you're doing well. I mean, yeah. you know, if we were for a second bottom, we'd be like, "Wow, it's too early to read out a league table." 
But even just that little thing of having a four-point cushion over fifth, you know, and I know it's so early, but there's something nice about that. It's amazing how quickly if you can build a wee cushion over these sort of things, you know, life gets a bit easier. I think Six points cushion off last place. Pleasing. Yeah. But I, I think that, like, given the start we've had, we're pro- probably a lot of us are due an apology because I think that there's so many fans, myself included, like, damning us to to Lowland League almost, given the state of our squad, and probably harshly yeah. criticised, um, you know, the club or the, the players, whatever. And, you know, I know it's, it's four games in, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, and granted, we have played probably two of the worst teams in the league, in Elgin and Aaron, and Albion even. Um, but I mean, Bonnie Rigg result, it was bad, don't get me wrong, it was bad and we were bodied. Um, but I still think that Forfa were one of the teams that I fancied um, to have a good season and we nullified them really yesterday. Like, we, we really did keep them quite quiet and considering again, you know, we're, we're looking at our defence and we feel that it still needs some, I was going to say some steeliness tip, but we've got him, um, some experience in it. Um, two clean sheets in the bounce. So, uh, it looks like I'll be ordering humble pie Oreos, Michael. It's two weeks ago after coming out of that Bonnie Rig Rose game. If someone had said, I've got a wee prediction, in two weeks we'll be above them in the table, you'd have been sectioned. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But, um, no, it's been been a very good start. You can't complain. Nine points out of 12. And Kevin Swift scored yesterday. So, yep. and but Trouton did. But Trouton did. Somebody else that didn't score yesterday was Kelty and Dunfermline in a Fife derby. Kelty got their first points. Dunfermline ah. dropped their first points. Uh. First, I mean, first first point. You said plural there, so. Oh, Kelty. that's true. Yeah, they got their speaking, first point. Speaking of teams that we we enjoy to laugh at, we'll we'll bring the lights will laugh at to now. Open goal FC. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Coming through to what was going to go to if we hadn't got the hospitality. <laughs> coming through to my hometown, going to Warwick Stadium where I've played on numerous occasions, um, only to lose to us. Um, I think that's amazing. And Cy Ferry, um, he's going to be at least some good stories, eh? Get it up, you young dick. <laughs> I know you're not a big fan of the Glens, Lee, because you're a, a Thornton Hibs guy, who I was thinking about maybe going to see on Friday night. They were playing Leith in Edinburgh yeah. in the Alex Jack Cup. And I thought, I might go to that and see a couple of fringe shows after it. And then I found out that Leith actually play at FC Edinburgh's ground. And I was like, yeah. oh, maybe no then. Yes, um, they're playing because FC Edinburgh at home on the Saturday. I was speaking to Mark. My father-in-law today, and he was saying that, that he's going to go along. So um, maybe I can convince him to come to Stranraer on Saturday. No chance. You didn't convince me yet. Oh, oh no! I'm I'm going to Dundonald Bluebell Tapeport Scottish <laughs> Cup. <laughs> well, you, can give, you can give us a performance update on Adam Manzuri, who's there alone. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was trying today. I was going to go Armadale Thistle against Trenent in some cup tie. Then I saw it was 45 minutes there, and I was like, ah. Who said that? I saw it was 45 quid to get in. 
<laughs> I couldn't find out how much, but I'm sure it was cheaper than 18. Uh, surely, right? If you're uh, like what, an open goal Broomhill FC fan right now, um, or even just a casual fan that's been going to watch them, you must be thinking, like, what is going on there? Like, Kirk Broadfoot turning up at Warwick yesterday going, is, and, is this what I've dropped down at? Is, is this literally where, where my career's ending? Obviously, I'm just here for a big fat paycheck. Um, you know, just beautiful to us. Um, and taking what real, was, real joy at that. What was the Cowden Gelly result yesterday? They got beat by uh, Cumbernauld Court Cumbernauld. in the uh, in the cup um, at home. Um, Big Moros will not be there much longer, I don't think. Is this was this Scottish Cup preliminary, or was that a different kind of cup? Challenge. Oh, that's there's so many cups on at the moment. The Challenge, Challenge Cup games were on. Scottish Cup preliminaries are next weekend. So if anyone wants to get to any of them, there's two games on in Fife. Uh, Dundonald Bluebell as I mentioned against Tayport and Burnt Island Shipyards at home as well can you mind for who they're playing just now but so there's two teams will be in surely yeah, a guy good. like surely a guy like Morris Ross if he's got any ambition of still sort of managing senior because is, is that his first job um, yeah. he was down somewhere and got done for being a racist in there oh Notts was it Notts County yeah Oh, oh was he one of the guys? Because the guy that he was with down there came to Vancouver and is a coach of the academy side there. Yes, Donald Finlay QC. Um, giving yeah, but I was just going to say, if he's got any thoughts of managing at a sort of senior level, I mean, you'd have to get out of Cowdenbeath and just resign as soon as you can. Oh, I because the second all, I mean, but no there's only one. There's only one way that's going. Do you know what I mean? So there's no, I don't know, you're not going to get poached from Cowdenbeath if, even if you have an all right season because they just won't. If they've got no players of no no money. Maybe needs the cash monies though. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yes. But it is funny. I, I'm a big fan of Cowdenbeath's demise. Cowdenbeath. Ah. Yeah, um, they've absolutely shit the bed and I am enjoying drinking the fans' tears, to be honest. Well, last thing I want to mention about the, the lower leagues, maybe another team that's shit the bed, are both bottom of the championship after four games with just two points. Is that as good as it got for them last season? Is it all downhill now for them? Is it it, has again, it's way too early, I know, but... It has to be. That's the pinnacle of what they're going to do. Like... um. I don't see how they sustain that, never mind improve on it. It, it has to be on the way down for them. I mean, I second, mean, second in the championship is insane. They'll not repeat that, but they won't finish bottom. Dick Campbell's teams don't tend to to do that badly for long, and they've just seen Scott Allen. So, you know, they, they'll, they'll still bring in a couple of good players before the end of the window, and I'm confident they'll stay up. Fair enough. Anything else you guys want to chat about? Uh, another team to laugh at. Um, in, in the cup yesterday, Berwick Rangers got beat by Stonyburn. Stonyburn? <laughs> exactly. Is that not they're from absolutely? They're, they're in the East of Scotland League third division. So that is the fourth level of the East of Scotland League. So they are five levels below Berwick Rangers. 
Jesus. Yeah. Good. Um, I, I think we should do predictions for next Saturday. So I, just before I, we move on, Stonyburn Junior Football Club, player of Bathgate. Um, they, yeah, they've just obviously moved to the East of Scotland League, having obviously been a former junior uh, side, and call themselves the Fulshie. Aye, the Fulshie. Um, yes, I'll be honest with you, that is completely and utterly hilarious. Um, I, although we can't really say anything. If we draw any team beginning with B, then we'll lose. And to be honest, even the, the St. Johnson game on Tuesday has given me the fear because the St. Johnson B uh, will probably end up getting beat by them. So oh, I, I was saying predictions for Saturday. I'm forgetting about that cup nonsense. Um, I'll be there. I'm still going. Hashtag I, know, I was going to say, will he play a young team? But I'm guessing the answer to that is no matter what happens, yes. <laughs> Well, we'll not be able to play Taylor Stephen or Sir Alex Ferguson because obviously they're on loan. Correct. So, Correct. and I'm sure that Aaron Steele and Denham, 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 they'll be out for revenge um, against their former sides for releasing them, I'm sure. So. Well, Taylor Stephen's cup tied anyway because he was their standout guy or one of their standout guys in their win over Fraserburgh. Very true. Very true. Um, I think yeah. we'll win that. I think that'll be a, a 2 0 win. Sure, let's go for that. Um, in terms of Strand Rear, one all. Uh, that was kind of my thought, to be honest. Yeah, um, but do you know what? We're on a roll. I'm going to go for another one nil win. One nil to the East Fife. One nil. I was going to go one one as well. Um, I'll stick with one one. Only us will see you next Tuesdays, right? On the back of back to back wins, on the back on the back of back to back away wins, could still none of us predict a win except from Doug, who obviously changed his mind. But, I haven't uh, given mine yet. I'm going two one. He's five. Oh well, just Gordon and I being pessimistic or something. And I, I mean, one you're the only two ones making the journey. Might I add? Yeah. And I, I expect a full report in next week's podcast, which I won't be able to be on because I'll be at the Connect Festival. But I look forward to coming home from that and listening to whatever nonsense you've recorded. Standard, to be honest. Um, as per our usual listeners do most weeks anyway. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Stranra. said no one ever. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, getting on the, the old supporters bus for the, the first time for a while. Um, I reckon it'll be about three and a half hours there. Mm. It's, as I mentioned just that you get to Kilmarnock and you think you're nearly there and then yeah. there's a hell of a long journey after it. Well, I, after it. I drove today to Kilwinning. Um, to see the, the Rangers. No, Home I, of the Rangers. I wasn't there to steady the buffs. Um, I went through and um, some some former colleagues, friends that, that lived there and uh, took the wee one through and had some lunch and stuff. But yes, I was like, that was a hood of a journey and it was an hour and 40 minutes. So um, the good thing is um, I plan to be completely pissed by the time I get that far um, next Saturday. So that'll help. Oh, look forward to your match reports. I mean, Elgin, pissed. Yesterday, pissed. And I'm pretty sure that the quality will still be ample. So let's go for that. There we go then. 
I think that's a, a good way to wrap the show up. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, Lee G1903, and the other two don't really give a toss about Twitter. Am I right? Yeah, you're very, very much right. And if you want to get in touch with us about anything, we'd still like to bring back some of the, the old segments that we do. They're always still open. You can get in touch, glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. It, it was great to see you guys yesterday. It was a, a wonderful day out. It was something I've missed, like getting back, seeing you guys, watching the football. I don't think I've seen East Fife lose in person now, though, since 2013. Yeah, a long time. I think that would be the oh. case if it was going every week, but still. Yeah, a long time. I think she got a strong arm, Michael. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but yeah, that is it for this week's show. We'll be back soon. We're going to end a little bit differently than we, we usually do. As Lee mentioned at the start, sadly, Ross McLean lost his life last week. Very talented singer-songwriter and musician. And we're going to play a, a cover version of a, a song that he recorded and put up on his YouTube channel. It's Neil Young's The Needle and the Damage Done. It's a lovely version of it. Enjoy it. And rest in peace, Ross. Also, please, if you do feel the need to speak to someone, or if you're feeling low or whatever, our DMs are always open, but one group that I would really like to advocate are back on side, and you can speak to Libby and their team. You can contact her on 07528-243-100. Please do reach out if you're struggling.
it and everyone Every junkie's like a sitting sun